Welcome to First Generation Burden, a podcast dedicated to immigrants and the creative community. My name is Rich Tu, and I'm your host. Today we have guest Rashad Rostam. He's the host and creator of the Wear Many Hats podcast, a podcast that I was on very recently. Episode 136 will link in the description here. We had such a great time. We wanted to do it again here on First Generation Burden. So today he's on. He's also the founder of the brand uh, Dasar, which does a lot of amazing work, creative direction, photo shoots, um, a really uh, a multi-platform experience. We're going to talk to him about the the complexities and difficulties of being your own brand and also what it's like to actually wear many hats. It's a really fun conversation. Y'all are going to love it. Without further ado, here's our conversation with Rashad Rostam. I love that you guys like love Jordans. Like, that's the only, like, it's just like, I'm trying to understand this relationship right now. Like, I've seen it in, in before, uh-huh. but when I, like, when I owned a, my first pair of Jordans, I was like, yo, this shit is not for me. Oh, really? Yeah, I was a skater back in the day. I used to ride. Oh, like, tell me we're recording right now. Okay, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's, let's go for it. No, because, like, I grew up, like, skating, but, like, I used to, you know, wear dunks. Like, oh, you were a like, dunk kid. Yeah, SB dunks. And, like... Those oh, you're a uh, late, late aughts. Late S- aughts, late yeah. Late aughts SBK. Yes, exactly. But the the Jordans never, it just never went well with me. But, like, seeing your relationship, I mean, I know you're a sneakerhead. Yeah. But I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually the first thing that happens when me and Tim get in the studio now. Mm. Every year they're re-releasing something. So if you couldn't get it, Last year, you're bound to get it. It's like an iPhone. Yeah, that's true. It is. But then they don't, they rarely ever change the tech. Right. Like how an iPhone actually <laughs> improves <laughs> in theory. But Jor- the only Jordan I would say f- that you could still ball in from the OG, like MJ actually wore them, right. were probably the 11s. Mm-hmm. The, that still has a pretty modern. Um, approach to like energy return, even the way it fits the last that it was on. You could still ball in those. You can. You definitely can. Anything else will just you'll have a bloody foot the second you step out of it. Yeah, and I'll, along with bloody foot, I'll be smoked at the same time. So I'm just gonna go <laughs> home to nothing. I'm like sorry to the wife and kids. I'll just be like, sorry, I was trash today. <laughs> <laughs> the carbon fiber plate in the Jordan 11s. And also with the foam posits, because you can still ball in foam posits. I think that was a real um, innovation for them in terms of the way energy would return. Otherwise, it was always so flat mm-hmm. and it was just padding. Mm-hmm. But then padding plus carbon fiber just gives you a good heel to toe strike. You don't think any of this is ugly? That's so funny. What do you mean? Ugly in what way? Like, just like in my eyes, I'm looking, I'm like, yo, this is a shoe. And you're like, <laughs> this is the shoe. This is the shoe. Yeah. And I'm just like, <laughs> I think it's a generational thing. We're the same generation. Are you kidding me? Are, really? Oh, I think I'm, I'm older. I know that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I respect <laughs> the wise, but. Uh, well, the no, I don't know. It, it, seeing it on. MJ and seeing him play and and be the goat and a god on the court in those. Yeah, but he wasn't years. in phone posits. He wasn't in phone posits. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Oh, phone posits. Dunks specific. are dope. Yeah. Dunks are beautiful. Yeah. Well, phone posits. I only had a new um, 
the appreciation for foam posits when I was at Nike. Because mm. then I saw how they were made. Yeah, they like brainwashed you. They did brainwash yeah. me, absolutely. Because before they looked to me like, okay, it was the new Uptown. It was like a two hundred and thirty dollars or whatever. Yeah, and it was just this ugly exoskeletony looking thing to right. me. Then I go to Nike, get brainwashed, but in a, in a beautiful way because I saw how it was constructed. I worked on foam posits. Right. And a couple of my hero moments there involved foam posits. So I was like, oh, I, I have a brand new appreciation for this essentially hood shoe. Mm -hmm. And now you wear all birds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm an all birds <laughs> stan. <laughs> this guy said all birds. Right? <laughs> I was given, I, I was working for Adidas for a minute and and they gave me some adidas i was like damn like am i stripes over checks no but i'm still Ooh. i'm still checks over stripes you know i was just i was just telling tim like i used to be a runner and that's all i would wear is what Nike. models pegasus oh yeah the pegs Free runs yeah 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 they're in like their th the 30s now the mid to late 30s it's so like older good. than human beings wow but i feel so fast when i'm in them yeah. See, now my feet, I think I have plantar fasciitis. So now I have to wear like. I used to have that. Really? Yeah, it's terrible. I have to wear like the ultra padded. I have to put insoles in everything. It's, Do you stretch? I have to stretch to go for a walk. I stretched before I left the house. Like today. I said, I respect the wise. <laughs> and he's in his Allbirds. <laughs> I, I am in my Allbirds. I'm actually today I'm wearing gel Kayano 14s. I'm on that A6 wave right now. I don't have that many pairs I of did yeah, I did a gig for ASICs last year, too. I was looking and, at that. I want to talk about that. Yeah, and what's great is that I'm an ASICs stand too. Yeah. I mean, the Jowns was, like, one of the biggest yeah. collaborations last year. But, wow, am I a sneakerhead? What is going on here? Well, am you're I... a streetwear fashion guy. Yeah. Well, let's start. Mm. Rashad Rostam. What's up? What's up? Uh, thank you for coming on First Generation Burden over here at Thanks for your home. Me. Uh, Canal Street Market. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a minute. This is what, should we say, a part two <laughs> of our podcast journey. Uh, right. I was on your podcast, Wear Many Hats, on episode 136. We'll link to it here in the description to this pod. Uh, but uh, I wanted to bring you on just because we had such a great conversation. Also, I really love all of your creative output, including the pod, of course, but also all the work that you do with your brand, Desar. And also, we met a couple of years ago, pre-pandemic, at a commercial type party where I purchased a couple of your uh, collab pieces with commercial types. So, welcome to First Generation Burden. Um, I would love for you to kick us off officially uh, by telling us a little bit about who you are and where you're from, and then let's just go buck wild. Buck wild. <laughs> I love that. Well, thank you for having me. It's Part two. It's been a journey. Yeah, we wear many hats. Started at the Canal Street Market, and we're over a hundred episodes now. So it's pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Tim soft clapped. I like that, that <laughs> to our listeners out there. <laughs> Producer Tim soft clapped. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my name is Rashad. I'm from Philly. I grew up outside of Philly, Delco. Delaware County, you know, Wawa. Shout out to Wawa. Shout out to Wawa. Shout out to Wawa. They keep their places clean. They do. They do. The Wawa Empire. I Big Wawa. Big Wawa. 
I went to Temple University. I also went to community college, Delco. Like, I just need to put that out there because community college is where it's at. Shout out to community college. Yo, it's better than real school. I'm just saying. (laughs) Um, But not like the big eight or anything like that. But uh, yeah, so. <laughs> Whatever. What's, what is the big eight? I don't know, like Harvard. Or, I don't want to say like big eight. Like someone, that, someone that introduced a, me as like their name, and I'm. Fr- I is went that to like Harvard. a sports thing. <laughs> I was like, okay. Like the NCAA Big Eight. <laughs> the Ocho, you know. The o- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I've been in New York for about seven years. Everyone asks me that question now. Like, how long have you been in New York? I can't keep counting anymore. I gotta mm. get this like. I feel like I have to like go home and sit down and like retrace because I this is my third time back. Okay. But I've been like in back and forth between New York and Philly. Yeah, because I used to have a studio in Philly, but now okay. I'm here. Okay. It's you, been a minute. Yeah. yeah. You you strike me as a if I didn't know that you were from Philly as one of those guys that grew up in New York. To no be way. honest, yeah. I mean, I can drive. Oh, oh, you can. Yeah, oh, okay. I have a driver's license. I feel like if you're from New York, you. Your driver's license is just a ID card. Yeah, basically, like, yeah. I, it becomes like a vestigial tail. Exactly. Like it completely atrophies. Yes. Like I I drive the train. <laughs> <laughs> you drive a city bike and and possibly crash all the time. <laughs> I I had a driver's oh I have a driver's I have a driver's license, but I used to own a car when I lived in New Jersey. Nice. And then when I moved to Brooklyn many, mm. many, many, many years ago, I just let go of my car stop driving and then you remember those little um smart cars the car to goes in the city yeah so where do they go they i think people just trashed them too much so uh, and they ghost ride the whip they <laughs> <laughs> too many instances of ghost riding the whip <laughs> it's literally literally a like half the size of a beetle right yeah i mean yeah. you can you can get a shit ton of laps though around that little <laughs> ghost ride cuz it's so small <laughs> No, but every time I step in one, it was just all full of trash, cigarette right. butts, fast food containers. It was gross. Low um, rider. Low rider. But then that was the only way I kept up my driving skills, um, aside from whenever I would, you know, occasionally rent a car. Nice. But other than that, it's just been all public transportation. And Uber, of course, just kind of revolutionized the way that I commute. Like, I commute anywhere. That's good. Yeah. I don't have an accent, do I? No. A Philly accent? A Philly accent of Staten Island accent long oh, island no new york yeah. I, th- I think the the philly jersey long island staten island sound yeah is kind of related mm-hmm. it relates to like when you say refrigerator water right. coffee. exactly exactly what do yeah. you call a sub sandwich or a hoagie 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 yeah are you so when when i grew up i'd say quarter water <laughs> quarter water <laughs> <laughs> when i grew up in Delco, there's like a Delco accent, and, okay. and people were like, "Rashad, why don't you have a Delco accent?" And I was like, "Because my parents are Asian, they didn't grow up in Delaware County." Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Do you think that they're gonna have an accent? You just can't understand them. Right. And your parents are Malaysian. Yeah, exactly. And when did they come here? Thirty years ago. Thirty years ago. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Were you born here or there? I was born in Wilmington, Delaware. It's still a state, just letting people know that. <laughs> That Delaware is still a state. Exactly. No tax, just in case you also forgot that. Right. If anyone wants to create their tax haven in Delaware. Exactly. Or buy an Apple product. Right. Oh, really? Okay. That's where I got my MacBooks before I went to school. Now I pay New York tax. 
Yeah. <laughs> now you're screwed. <laughs> now you have to really work those deductions. Oh, man, that's why I save all my receipts. Yes. I also save all my receipts maniacally. Yeah. I don't even look at them. I just like save them. Yeah. And then I'll, you know. I mean, I have to for the freelance life for the company. That's yeah. the whole vibe. Do you have to, how do you, do you do QuickBooks? How do you keep track of all your receipts? <laughs> QuickBooks, yes. Um, now I have an accountant, which is great. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, big boy. Got to have that CPA. Yes. Yeah, I'm a man now. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, a CPA, my CPA is was my parents' CPA. Mm. And I've known him for like 20 plus years. He knew me when I, I remember my first return with them, I clocked in at a whopping $700 in income <laughs> for the year, like two decades ago. We love that. Uh, yeah, because I- Now it's eight. Yeah, now it's $800 <laughs> and I'm doing a little bit better. But my deductions through the roof. Right. <laughs> you know what's great is that having a company or like going freelance, yes. you, know, you start doing all the back end stuff, having an LLC, trademarking. Yeah. I created my LLC, the Dasar LLC, almost 10 years ago. But yeah. we started the company 10 years ago. Our 10-year anniversary was last, it was December 20. Well, let's talk about the origins of that, because I'd love to, I'd really love to dig in. I think this episode can really educate um, our listeners on how to start their own business. Oh, and cool. I think I think you're really great at, at not just wearing many hats, literally, uh, but also you know, kind of being a self-initiator and a self-starter. It's really awesome. Yeah. No, I started Dasar December 2012. And yeah, it's been 10 years. And I think the interesting part is when people hear that, they're like, oh, you have an LLC? It's like, that's the biggest thing you got from that? Yeah. Try trademarking, baby. Oh, God. It's like a whole nother ballpark. But then like, then doing the whole thing. But I think the hardest part is like coming up with a name, to be honest with you. I went with so many different names before I came up with Desire. Mm -hmm. And then Did I just- Did you have like, your alt trade name, your alt LLC name? Cause I have an alt LLC name that I never use. Mm -mm. No. Okay. No, it's not like <laughs> nothing <laughs> wild or anything like that. But it started when I was the buyer of a streetwear store in Philly. Yeah. And I curated all the events. I brought in all the brands from like Mishka to Ten Deep, you know. Okay. A lot of streetwear brands. And then. Oh, yeah. I'm then, getting uh, Karma Loop energy yeah. from you right now. Oh, you are? Yeah. Try Plunder. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an Essence guy now. Oh, Thank you're an you. Essence guy? Were you on Digital Gravel at the time? No. You remember Digital Gravel? It was like heard of it, yeah. Karma Loop and Digital Gravel. If right. like there was an online commerce yeah damn you were in the community you were i was yeah yeah we go to philly go to ubic love ubic yeah now atmos one of my clients oh yeah good friends yeah yeah atmos i love atmos i have a pair of atmos air max ones that uh the outsole is the midsole slowly tearing away from the upper can't wear them <laughs> anymore <laughs> have to get them repaired yeah we love ubic we love atmos atmos is great just saw was just like birthed into like you know, wanting to start a streetwear brand as well, like everyone and their mother is, mm -hmm. and their father. And like, yeah, it's a whole thing. And then 10 years, it just like, I shared a studio with a few of the greats, 
they're my neighbors now, yeah. which is awesome. Shout out to Hassan and Ted. And the, that studio was amazing. It was a really big studio in Philly. And then, and then for some odd reason, we started creating zines mm -hmm. mag and then like magazines and photo books. And then we took on clients and then it just morphed out of streetwear into like, I call it whatever wear. And then now merch. We do a lot of merch for designs, production for people. And then here we are still doing the same thing, but we don't do like collections anymore. Mm -hmm. We just, cause we're trying to be like the whole quote unquote sustainability type thing. There's just so much like product now in the world. Yeah, there is. And there's so many brands now. Does anyone get sick of that? All the brands? There's just so many brands. The one thing I, I'm, I'm excited about is that we're still like, you know, like everyone, you kind of have this feeling that you, when are you going to stop doing what, you're doing mm -hmm. like I thought Dasar was gonna like call it quits a lot like a long time ago but because there's like all and this what was the reason love, for that it's because like I was just branching out into different things but I still kept the name with me because it's like it's your name it's yeah it's your name backwards it's my name backwards people think it's like my long lost child kid like that's just gonna you know knock up on my doorstep and I'm like who are you and they're like Dasar I'm like yo what <laughs> Um, so, yeah, it's, it's great. And then now the podcast, Wear Many Hats, it's under Desire. Like, it's like its parent company or something. And then I just try to make everything encompassing with that. Yeah. So, like, when it comes to what Desire does, you do a lot of creative direction, art direction. I'm seeing so many different clients, like, yeah, Atmos, Adidas, like you just named, but also... The New York Times, you're doing like some of the um, kind of their interview style, like architecturally digest videos with them. Like, how, wh what falls within your world and how do you decide what clientele you like to work with? It all stemmed from when I had Dasar in the background, I was also like a digital producer for some clients. And then, oh, okay. and then it just brought me into being a, a producer. And then, like, there was a time where, you know, creative director was like such a trend. Everyone wanted to be a creative director. Oh, yeah. And added a creative to like literally everything. Oh, totally. People I, would start their own brands just to call themselves creative directors. Right. Totally. I mean, yo, I, who am I to judge? So, like, right. You can honestly, people can call themselves whatever they want. Yeah. I, I don't yeah, care. I don't care. Um, but I like to also bring up that I was in the hospitality business for 10 years too while I had. Disarm. So I was always a barista, and like that's my roots of like meeting a lot of different people and like connections. And being a barista, it made me learn more about myself and other people. And so I, and like a lot of people would be like, oh, you're like a curator or you're a producer. And so as time went on, I, I just like were given all these titles and from other people and I was like oh okay I guess I'm a creative producer now yeah and so that's how this like whole that title life, didn't even exist it didn't exist that long ago no I mean for a minute no people always think when you hear the word producer they're like oh damn Rashad you make beats and I'm like right. yeah no or a film producer I'm not a film producer I could be though <laughs> right when I think about creative production I think the infrastructure, organizational like mindset, and also being able to steer a project, keep the pipeline on track, like all those things that help 
really um, the, the full team do what they need to do right. and staying along for the entire journey. Totally. Totally. You, you need, a, you you need, need it. producers, you need project managers, you know, you can't do it all. Yeah. You can't wear all the hats. You can wear many of them. Yeah, you can't wear all the hats. <laughs> so the funny part about Wear Many Hats, the podcast, if we're just going to like jump around while I was yeah. still doing Dasar. We, this is very jump around It's very jump around okay. So Dasar, while I was still in Philly, I also worked at an agency in Greenpoint. And when I was there, my career director... She said, oh, you wear many hats. And I was like, I have no idea what that meant right. at the time. But I, when I left the meetings, I would give my team or our team to our hats because that's what we were known for mm-hmm. really in like the world were our hats. You know, five panels, whatever it is. Yeah. Oh, a uh, five panel hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah classic. Yeah. Classics. Now everyone's wearing dad hats. I see you. Yeah. I see both of you. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm wearing my little polo bear hat. Yeah. What are you, dads? <laughs> <laughs> Not that I know of, but. <laughs> exactly. So she said, you, you wore many hats. So when I went home, I like looked that idiom up. I was like, what's an idiom? And then <laughs> that's I was like, you know, I'm going down the rabbit hole, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, this is great. Wear many hats is like dope. So I kept it in my back pocket for a long time mm-hmm. and I, I really wanted to like use it for something. Yeah. And then, you know, podcasting was just like growing at the time. So I was like, maybe I'll turn into like a podcast. Right. Then that's how Wear Many Hats like became a thing. And then I was like, I wanted to still be connected with Dasar. So now every time I start off a show, I'm going, Hey everyone, this is Rashad. This is Wear Many Hats presented by Dasar where we talk, about your main gig right and then your side hustle so people know that Dasar is still alive associated. and well. yeah. yeah that's cool yeah um how many how many things do you like to dip your hands into at any given time because i look at wearing many hats and i think wow uh rashad is cranking out an episode every week right right <laughs> and which is a, a meteoric feat and you know i look at this podcast and you know, twelve is twelve is a lot right mm-hmm. um for me because i we operate in seasons at, at first gen and uh, I, I, I also know that you do editing. Like I listen to the episodes, and I'm thinking, like even our conversation, I was like, wow, that was a really fast output. And I know that uh, Rashad cut out a lot of stuff of what we talked about. There's a lot of bullshit cut. With this, we don't really cut too much. We, mm. we trim a little bit, but we don't cut everything, you know. So how do you how do you keep yourself on track all the time? The freelance lifestyle is the best. Yeah. You know, you have a lot of downtime. If you have just like a few, like I have a few clients that I love. Yeah. But I'm right now our roster is like, our roster is sustainable. So it's pretty easy to work with the podcast. But if one work picks up, the podcast gets like neglected a little bit. Mm. But yeah, I, I was always a radio head. Yeah, I love radio. So growing up, and so that's why chopping up, like the podcast, like I learned. You're always a creep into radio. Yeah, I was. (laughs) So it was like everything's kind of self-taught, even when I went to school. So like sound production and everything like that. And you went to school for art direction, right? I went to school for art direction in advertising with some copywriting. Okay. So you've done it all. You really have done it all, and you've done stand-up comedy too. Yeah. Yeah, I have. And I'm still 
trying to do it. Okay. How yeah. often do you perform? Well, that's amazing. Like, I recently just did my first show because I play guitar mm -hmm. and sing in a band that I also had in my ba back pocket. Mm -hmm. The band's called Smog Cutter. And this is all encompassing with Dasar because we shot one of our lookbooks at this karaoke bar called Smog Cutter in Los Angeles in Los Feliz that closed. So I love the name so much I kept it in my back. Smog Cutter. Yeah. I like it's a it cool because it's a cool name and it plays on one of my favorite movies, Blade Runner. So that's why I kept it. Um, and I'm into like new wave, like dark music. So, mm -hmm. like, but right now the music is like very Nick Cave, Leonard Cohen. So it's me on an acoustic guitar, but my friends Nick and Nick Sean and Ryan Lobauer, Nick Kento, he adds like synth and bass mm. and Ryan plays drums. But we did our first show and that was really great. Mm -hmm. And so now, with that music background, I only, when I was in high school, I played trumpet for eight years. I played trumpet too. No way. I did from wow, I third you blue. <laughs> yeah, well, I definitely blew because I wasn't good. I, I only made first chair like in senior high school, my last wow. year playing trumpet. I honestly didn't apply myself. So yeah, I did the marching band, jazz band. Okay. I, I did it. I did it all, and I like really liked it, but I couldn't keep up, blowing. And so, but I did play guitar and I was in the jazz band, but I, my dad, shout out to my family and mom and dad. Yeah, shout um, out to mom and dad. Yeah, and my dad sent me for guitar lessons for a month and after that it was just all self-taught, but I kept playing for a really long time. So, also before I forget, yes. now I encompassed, I encompassed all of it and like trying to make merch is like a thing. Yeah. Also made these wear many hats to our smog cutter tote bags. Oh wow. And so on the Look back, at that. It says Wear Many Hats is a podcast, Dasar is a <laughs> smog cutter is a band. Oh, that's well, for the listener, because this is a visual medium, it's a zippered uh tote bag. It's a wide tote bag. Oh my god, I have oh get out. Rashad, thank you so much. Of course. So I've been gifted a tote bag um, and on one side it has the the podcast logo the Dasar logo and the smod cutter smog cutter word mark um, all in a uh, uh, trapezoidal stack <laughs> and then on the other side there are descriptors of each of each brand it also in a in a triple stack yeah this is dope man thank you yeah and shout out to my best one of my best friends and collaborators christian swartz of commercial type yes so that's all of the commercial type typefaces yeah so I mean, plug the homie yeah and that's what's up you can check out all their typefaces at commercialtype.com and the vault vault.commercialtype.com if you're a graphic designer or typeface designer, or if you appreciate fonts, you can go check that out. And what's amazing about that relationship is that I met him here at the Canal Street Market when I was a barista. And he, his office was, the studio was across the street. But how I met him was he came in every day with his team, got the same drink. What was the drink? I think it was espresso. And the best part was that, was that, I didn't know who he was at the time, but we just kept chatting all the time. And then I was taking comedy classes at UCB and I wanted to practice jokes on him. So I like <laughs> would tell him jokes and he would laugh at them. And so with Greg and Kara 
And so, what's an example of one uh, of a so joke? Curious. I would yeah. just be like, like you know, self-deprecating. Yeah. Yeah. And like me going to community college was like so much better than real college, you know. You know so, the but they weren't like structured jokes. This was more like no, no, in, no, no, in no, no, conversation. Some were structured jokes, but like I was also like freestyle, you know, like crowd work. Yeah. But like behind a bar, so. Um, and then when I got home, I was like, who is this guy? Right. And then I like searched him up and I was like, no way. Christian from commercial. I used his typefaces in college Mm -hmm. when I was at school. So it was a kind of a mini full circle moment. And then we became best friends after that. We collaborated on a hat. And then after that was history off to the races. Yeah. So then I would love to talk about the, the collab that you did. Cause when I met you, uh, you had put together that event, this commercial type and Dasar event, um, and it was a lot of fun. I remember seeing also friends of the pod here, Juan Villanueva was there, um, Ricardo Gonzalez from uh, It's a Living on Instagram, he was there. It was a really raucous party. I remember thinking, wow, this is a, a cool crowd of people that I don't normally see at what I would consider to be a very straightforward design event, right? Because those things can be a little you know, they can occasionally be very Snorlax, right? So, but this was much more high energy and had a different vibe to it. Um, and I think mostly in part to you, uh, what, what does, uh, tell us a little bit about how that came to happen. And also how are you going to do any more of those? Cause I think that'd be great. So inject some of that. Yeah. Injecting that energy into the design community, I think is really important. Yeah. I mean, Again, shout out to Christian Swartz. He he brought up the idea because he wanted to introduce commercial classics at that time, which was all their other classic typefaces, and then also introduce Inflection Point and the past is the present of our two collaborations and have it there in Soho, which was like legendary. And yes, we are currently working on a new show because our 10 year anniversary, we have selected a few of our favorite friends that, who are artists yeah. to do some pieces. on Desar's 20, Desar's 10, 10, year anniversary, 10 year anniversary. And um, to a party for the vault for a commercial type. So we're gonna have a party for that as well. And we're a gonna vault keep, party? It yeah. should be in a vault. It should be in a vault. Yeah. Yeah. You should get an old bank. Yeah, we should. And Tom Cruise is like, yeah. Part of it, yeah. breaking. I know. He's like hovering, <laughs> like really close to the ground, really quietly, like in Mission Impossible One. Yeah, exactly. It's like slowly lowered down. <laughs> we love Tom Cruise. We do love Tom Cruise. Yeah. I, do, we're talking about him again. We're talking oh about my God. Top Gun Maverick again. Yeah, I mean, because like the new, his new Mission Impossible. Yeah, is like Dead s- Reckoning. So insane. Did you see the the bike stunt? I did. It's crazy. I did. This guy's sixty years old. I know. I know. How is it? I mean, how are we doing this? this so I, I, I mean, like, what, what magic exists in his blood? <laughs> a part of me is like, do I want to be doing that when I'm 60? Right. I can't even. Have you gone skydiving? No, I do want to go skydiving because I like roller coasters. I like yeah. going fast. I See, like... I don't like roller coasters, but I have gone skydiving. Oh, well, yeah. And tandem, I assume, or did you no. go solo? Solo dolo. Oh no no t- tandem. Are you kidding me? Dolo. First? I don't know. I don't know. I, you could have gone 20 times for all I, I would have not even pulled the parachute. Are you kidding <laughs> me? Would have forgot. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but what's um, what's great about 
working with Christian and the commercial type team is that <laughs> I thought you were gonna say what's good with working with Tom Cruise. So what's good with working with uh, Tom Cruise? <laughs> no, it's just like we've done so like we bounce so much ideas together. Yeah. And we talk all the time. We've also collaborated with like Peter Saville of, mm -hmm. you know, Peter Saville fame and we yep. also did like you know, billboards together. We put out so many billboards and like so many ads and like all your favorite magazines, mm -hmm. interview record. Yeah, two billboards in New York, two billboards in LA. Like this this relationship we have going on is like very strong. That's awesome. Yeah. I feel that the relationship between fashion and typography specifically, foundry specifically, is a relationship that isn't really leveraged totally. or properly mined, right? Because Fashion, I mean, graphics within fashion have existed forever. Right. Um, and also fashion brands are constantly rebranding right. all the time. But no one ever highlights the relationship between typography and fashion, at least through the fashion lens. I mean, I think designers call that out all the time, mm -hmm. but fashion designers don't. No. Yeah. It's like, why is that? It's because fashion just thinks it sits too high in a perch. Probably. I've never worked at a fashion house before. Right. Me neither. I've worked in fashion places like Nike, of course. But, right. But there, it's a different type of thing. Totally. But when you see those, their brand names, their the typefaces, or whatever you see, their logos, people will remember. People remember. Yeah. Yeah, they do. You know, I'm in Soho all the time. I tell people Soho is like one of my favorite neighborhoods mm -hmm. just to like look at all these like brand names. Yeah. Yeah. Just like I really like it. I think when we when we look at typographic history and also the meaning um, and the the signals that are associated with typography specifically, uh, I think fashion is one of the vehicles that drives that meaning or helps meaning attribute over time. I mean, fashion, of course, film for sure, TV for sure, uh, but you know, it's a it's a slow build, uh, you know, to inject history into into a font uh, and uh, I think we should start doing more of that I think you we kind should. of I think you're kind of doing something that isn't very common did you know Avatar still has Papyrus yeah oh I haven't seen the new Avatar I haven't I've been committed to the three hours no but the Avatar logo is Papyrus but it's like a it's like an adjusted Papyrus right it's like a super you even saying that it's adjusted Papyrus <laughs> doesn't change anything no it does no it doesn't change anything but remember the Ryan Gosling skit, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, like the iconic Ryan Gosling skit. The OG Avatar logo was literally just papyrus, but then after that, they switched it to like that fattier, that fattier papyrus. Oh, a fattier papyrus. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like a thicker stroke papyrus, <laughs> with uh, with kind of an open tracking. It's yeah, it's like papyrus bold. I have no idea how to describe it. <laughs> papyrus bold. You know, your listeners don't have to be graphic designers to know what we're talking about. No, they don't. We're yeah. talking about culture here. We're talking. We're talking. We're for the culture. We're for the culture. Uh, <laughs> Counterculture for the culture. Uh, exactly. Have yeah. you seen the new Avatar? I've never seen the first Avatar because oh. I'm. Because it's uh, too long. Because you don't care. Because I'm not a dork. <laughs> No offense to the to the people of Pandora. <laughs> no, all the offense. Y'all wear oh. all birds today. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, that's so funny. Oh uh, man, 
I I haven't seen it. I can't commit. I I love the. I guess the, the visuals of the first Avatar, kind of, sort of. It was so absolutely forgettable to me. And then I, I truly don't understand how the second Avatar has just still ha- pushed through. I was like, this is crazy. It's like, insane. It's insane. Like, I, I still don't, I don't understand how uh, <laughs> Top Gun Maverick pushed through. But I look at it and like, okay, this is a movie that nobody asked for. Right. That somehow ended up being the thing that we all wanted, oddly enough. But then to look at Avatar, I'm like, is that the thing that we wanted or what? I have no idea. Maybe I, I need to see it. Yeah, it's only January, and like I feel like the Pantone color of the year is blue. Like we got uh, Blue Man Group coming back, we got Avatar <laughs> coming back, we got David Guetta remixing like that Eiffel 65 song. Mm. So I'm just like, yo, blue's coming back. Blue is coming back. Blue's big. And I'm still wearing black. Yeah. It's not gonna change anything. <laughs> I think blue is definitely on that wave. Like right. I think last year was like very much a red wave. Ugh. I thought it was not- a Bottega green wave, honestly. Oh really? Yeah, because I Oh yeah, seen oh yeah, that yeah, everywhere. for sure. I can see yeah. that like that neon mm-hmm. yeah, that neon green wave. That's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that that's gonna get left behind in twenty twenty two? I still love it. It's it, that neon gave me futuristic vibes for some odd reason with that green. Oh yeah, or maybe because people were like in the aliens or something. Yeah, it's like it was that post Matrix vibe. <sighs> it's that post Matrix vibe. Even yeah. though like the last Matrix made me cry because it was so bad. Oh, it was terrible, wasn't it? Yeah, and I'm a Matrix fan. I mean, I've seen them all in theaters, but me too. Yeah, except for the last one. The last one I watched on on streaming, crying. I, exactly as you should cry and also <laughs> watch it at home because i can't believe i spent money to go see it in theaters you did yeah because it was christmas day and no one was doing anything mm-hmm. um like two christmases ago and so it was a thing that got me to sign up for hbo max what yeah really well, matrix the the new matrix yeah got yeah. you to sign up to there's so many other shows on hbo <laughs> that you couldn't watch that would sign uh, you up uh yeah, the wire. The yeah, but I've seen the wire. I, yeah, all right. I, okay, you still pirate. All right, we get it. <laughs> yeah, Kazaz in his blood right now. Kazaz, <laughs> 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 fucking Napster. Over yeah, here. yeah. No, I had all the DVDs. I had oh, I had every wire. See, DVDs. DVD. All right, keep it going. Yeah, yeah. Let's That's go back amazing. to physical media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the only thing, let's see. Oh, Succession. I'd only gone into Succession. Oh yeah, pre-pandemic, but I had uh, I would watch it like on linear, and it was yeah really the only thing that got me into HBO Max was that Matrix, that Keanu. That is so wild. Yeah. Wow. But then I I stuck with it. Yeah. <laughs> so I stuck with it. <laughs> he still has a subscription. <laughs> I want to get into Criterion. Oh yeah. Yeah. Criterion. Criterion. I've been a huge. Yeah. Criterion fan. I, I might I might drop about. Netflix for oh, really? Criterion. Yeah. You're gonna go back into those early Criterion volumes where like Armageddon's on Criterion? Oh, I love Armageddon. <laughs> I love Armageddon. I wonder how Criterion can still exist because physical media is a thing, but like DVDs have not had the vertical trajectory that vinyls had. Right. Like what what is there? How are they monetized still? I don't know. Like I I still buy vinyls, mm-hmm. but my vinyl player has been broken for so long, so I'm just collecting at this point. Right. Yeah. So, and you listen to it on digital, on streaming, right? Yeah. But then you just look at the liner notes. No, they're still wrapped. 
Oh, really? I don't even open them. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I okay. think it's because I love music and supporting music bands, artists that I just like like to collect. That's dope. Yeah. I think vinyl now occupies more than fifty percent of purchased physical music media. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some of my good friends still make CDs, and they ship me CDs, and I think it's it's great. I don't have a CD player. Me neither. But I, don't, I don't even have a DVD player anymore. Wow. Yeah. But you have you 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 have gaming. You are you you're a gamer, right? Not really. No. Okay, no, cool. not really. Okay. I mean, I have a I have a PS4 sitting at the crib. Yeah, because you can play it in your PS4. Uh yeah. Oh right? yeah, that's true. That's true. I just don't use it for that. Oh, no, okay. you're right. You're right. I, I, it's like sitting collecting dust somewhere. Right. Because, like, games still, I don't play video games, but, like, they're still CD-based, right? Yeah. Yeah. Games are CD-based. Right? Disc-based. Disc-based. <laughs> Disc-based. <laughs> wow. CDJs, you know? Yeah. If someone were to give you a CD now, how retro? I have. I have given uh, a CD. I think now, yes, my friend Joel Eel, he sent me... A CD, Lee Visa, her record. He's a designer as well, and so the CDs that they make, it's like an art piece too. It's like a real life. It's like a real life, not NFT, but real life like physical, physical media. Yeah. So I just like, I have it. I kind of want to get it framed because it looks so great. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, but I don't, I've never I. It's still in its wrapping package, too. When I look at, like, disposable packaging, mm -hmm. right, and I look at that jewel case, that CD jewel case, that is sings to me like this is one of, this the pinnacle right. of disposable things, right? Remember when Virgil did that embossed Louis Vuitton jewel mm -hmm. case? Like, that, that kind of changed my, that kind of blew my mind a little bit. I mean, we're going backwards. We are right going now. backwards. Because, like... Some of Dasar's video work, which isn't even video, is like Super 8, mm -hmm. you know? It's like film that you... you is it post-treated post, post -treated or are you actually shooting? We're actually shooting Super 8. And, and then, then converting. And converting. But then, it, obviously, it's still so expensive. Now we do High 8, and then now we do, you know, DV. Yeah. So we're just like, we're all retro right now. It's wild. Yeah. And... Do you think that that aesthetic film. is going to go away? No. Well, you don't? I don't think so. Because I shoot film. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is that a lot of our clients like love they film. They like that look. That, and that look. And we don't post. We, it's not, I could shoot digital, which is fine, but I shoot film. And that's why like, when you look at the Dasar's Instagram, mm -hmm. wear many hats, or my personal Instagram, it's all film. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So that's why they including the stuff on my website. Yeah. Like, I look at A24, like, Euphoria, and how Euphoria's shot film. on film. Yeah. Right. And that's why people love it so much. Do you think that certain platforms or certain screens, really, because, um, you know, shooting things on iPhones, tends that, that aesthetic lives very much within the iPhone. But then it's almost disarming when I see something that's shot on uh, with that film grain on it, but within like an Instagram context now, it's almost like, oh, this is very different. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it is weird. For a minute, when film was having a moment, still having a moment in yeah. LA, like all the TikTokers were buying up all the film and mm -hmm. like all these film spots had to like make a cat. Yeah. Which is crazy. 
And then they were just like, wow, this is uh, too hard. We're not going to do this anymore. Yeah. Like, you can sell all the film in the world, but all these TikTokers are just buying it up. Yeah. Yeah, because they, like, love that aesthetic. Are you... What's your life on TikTok like? Do you have a life? life on TikTok. Do you have a life on TikTok? So, (laughs) do I have a life on TikTok? (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) You know, because we're in our 30s. I'm not in my 30s. I'm in my 40s. When I say we, I mean me. Oh. <laughs> the universal we. Yeah. Wow. Are you on TikTok? Not sure. I'm, like... I'm on TikTok. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I so... don't. I don't post often on TikTok. Right. I'm more of an observer. Just I'm a I'm a scroller. Mm-hmm. TikToks is an interesting world. It's a job. Yeah. And so and you can get obviously sucked in. So, TikToking, wear many hats is on TikTok, but. Right now, I'm trying to lean in. That's like my, this is what I'm trying to do now is like lean in, Gen Z, whatever. Like TikToking, all I can do right now, because I have friends in their 30s that are posting TikToks, which is cool. And when I've had them on the podcast, they told me like, yeah, the first month is just like leaning in. Yes. Just accepting. So all I kept doing was doing unboxing videos for like when clients give me like free product and then also mukbangs. Oh, mukbangs. Yeah, I was just doing a lot of mukbangs just to get it used to it. And now I'm just making like funny stuff. And then I'm going into, cause like right now where many hats is like picking up where like PR agents are hitting us up to have like restaurant people come through, like talk and like we're, I'm breaking into like this Look, influencer is dying. Influencer culture is dying, which is great, cool. And like, but now I'm like rising as like, I don't want to be an influencer by any means, but like, cool. If I get invited to all these things, that's great. Like, mm-hmm. that's fine. Um, but it's just unlocked a whole new world. Yeah. The podcast, the brand. So, yeah, I got to lean in. TikTok, we do have a life. What's what's end goal, or is it more of the sustain? I think that the challenge often is like how to how to maintain all of it because they're so disparate and doesn't seem they're going to merge anytime soon. So how do you maintain the consistency across all channels and is there end goal? So when I started the podcast, I want the podcast to be a television show one day. I had a vision where it would be high maintenance meets this American life. Mm. So it's, I don't know. Storytelling. Exactly. But I don't, I don't know if it's going to, like, it would be the end game, but that's, I'm big on manifesting, so I've been, like, talking that out to existence for a really long time since we started it. The the brand, I just wanted to keep doing creative work and collaborate with a lot of people. It's, there isn't any end game. I will take it to the grave, and but, like, <laughs> it will be, I don't know, you know, like, Stussy. Like, oh, I yeah. want Desar to be, like, a legacy. Who, yeah. who knows? Like maybe my kids will have it or whatever. And what's Desar? And then you'll have a succession style fight over exactly the legacy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. What are the biggest challenges about being a um, business owner in your eyes? Taxes. Taxes. That's it. Really? Yeah, because everything else is easy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like just saving. It's like every obviously what's in your account. It's not yours. That's true. That's very true. You got to know that from the jump because everyone's always buying like jewelry and cars, which <laughs> I am. <laughs> you know, so 
I yeah, mean, you're really hunched over because of all your chains right now. You can't hear them. You can't hear them clanking. Yo, this Bottega, this is something light, you know? <laughs> something light, something light, you know? Got some pride on. But, like, yeah, I... Um, it's it's definitely... I do want to say something. I've, I've had so many jobs in my life, but I've never had a corporate job. Mm. Like, I've never had, like, a nine-to-five. And I... I don't know why it's not like I didn't like a uh, don't apply it's like I would never get hired so that's why I started this <laughs> It's funny that you think that. <laughs> that's yeah, it's like the only thing. So that's why I have Dasar. Dasar was always in the background. It was always like my so- like quote unquote side thing. Yes. So and now it's like a main thing but I always I'm totally down to be like with someone when did it become the main thing? So, so I think this is really interesting because I think a lot of creators that come on this pod too, they have this journey of um, kind of looking up to those that are either in corporate spaces or business owners or places that are a certain level. And then they land into a place where they have gone on a similar track towards that self-realization, but it just takes some time, right? Right. So when for you did Dasar become, oh, this is the thing, the side thing is the thing, and this is part of my full scope of my creative and also self-actualized identity? It went full force after the Panini. Like, oh, it really? It just became a thing, yeah. but Post-Coco? Yeah, post-Coco. And now... The panini, yeah. So that's how we went full force. But like, look, I'm always learning. I'm always a student, and I'm always down to learn. And that's why I always want like a main thing to like, to teach me the way. You know, in the panini people thought that like I could work in like medicine. They thought it like because I have so much interesting knowledge on like the, the health space. Mm. And it just like blew my mind because I never wanted. <laughs> You're to go a licensed to phlebotomist. Exactly. <laughs> No, I'm a licensed papyrus. Like, <laughs> so I I just like don't know. I like I, you're connecting tails with exactly. all your exactly. Yeah. yeah. So like I, your grad school was like planted in my mind mm. like the past couple months, and but I don't have any brain cells to go to gra- grad school. Like even if I had the money, like who knows? So. I don't know, I'm just always a student, so I'm, like, learning from other people. So when whoever picks me up. Whoever picks you up. Yeah. So, like, when it, when it comes to uh, your, your output and also uh, for the stuff that Dasara does, I see a lot of photo shoots, fashion-related things. What categories do you want to break into? What, do you, what, what are you looking to do that you haven't quite done before? Space. No. Space. <laughs> <laughs> SpaceX. SpaceX. So music is the thing that I really want to like push. For, like I want Smog Cutter to be a thing. I would yeah. love. To, people have hit me up to like play guitar on some tracks, so that that would always be like. I guess the end game or the end goal is for music to be. Is it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the podcast doing its thing, cool. Um, if we ever get picked up. Or if anyone wants to pick it up, like I don't want obviously the, like the um, what's that, P R I Q? What is that? The I, P R O P R I Q? No, no, no. The um, you don't want to give away your IP. Oh, give yeah, away yeah, yeah, the yeah, IP. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like I, 
I've had some thoughts about like wear many hats, like going big in some other capacity, and then Desire will always be like the background thing, but music will always like be like the number one for me. Yeah, I mean photo shoots. Anyone can do a photo shoot. Like that's great. <laughs> Good job. Congrats on doing a thing that you know how to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, like no hate, no shade. I I like to try everything. You Were know. your parents supportive of all your work? I mean, like, everything. Do they know what you do? They do now. But my brother and my sister, they have traditional lifestyles. You know, my brother, Fazil, he is an engineer for GM. He mm. lives in Detroit. My sister works in finance in D.C. And I'm proud of them because, like, they are doing what my parents, like, envisioned. You know, the lifestyle of, like the regular thing i'm the art guy like i'm the art person yeah so which is probably hard for them because i was the first i'm the oldest so i'm like the first oh, you know like it's yeah. like damn i birthed a defect <laughs> so well that's funny that the oldest is the most creative one a lot of times it's the baby right exactly damn yeah because i'm the youngest in my family that i know of mm -hmm. And then I'm the one that went that weird route. <laughs> and you're so creative. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm. I'm. When I saw you at the show, I was like, "Who is this legend?" <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I don't know anything no, in no like the way. design space. So it was really, really cool to see like all these people show up. It and then like it was a good party. Yeah, and then like look looking them up after and being like, "Oh wow." Yeah. This is really cool. Well, because, you know, I just going back to the relationship between fashion, design, that intersection, to me, a lot of creative parties are boring, right. to be quite honest. And I, I'm not going to mince any words. I think they're boring. Right. I think they're very stilted. And also, I think the community can be like seeing the same people. Mm -hmm. So any sort of newness or injection of novelty but with like a point of view and personality to me like that signals that something is different about this environment right and that's what i felt at the commercial type party because a lot of times you know foundries again are very boring right you know and yeah. just felt like oh this is, this is like a really cool group of people here totally. <laughs> you know like i could see this showing up in as a recap on high snobiety or something right you know right. Yeah, and then also growing up, I, I liked nice things, and, like, I was always into, you know, fashion and stuff like that. And, you know, coming to New York, you're, like, in it. So I'm, like, mm -hmm. me and my friend Amber, like, Amber belongs to Soho House. I go to Soho House all the time now. Mm -hmm. And, like, Vital, mm -hmm. I go with Kim to go climbing. I'm... I'm doing like the whole New York thing. It's so New York. It's so New York. Yeah. The only th New York thing that. Just hanging out at Soho House. Yeah. I'm not going driving. to the Going to the vinyl room. Yeah. Going to a party. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. I don't know. It's cool. Yeah. That is cool. Do you feel like you're a true New Yorker? Are you in that headspace? I will always be Philly. Mm -hmm. Philly till I die because Philly made me. But the thing about calling myself a New Yorker is like. I still feel like everyone's like to themselves, which is cool. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, there's there's groups of people that will bring you in and like call you family, which is like the New York thing. Yes, very much it's so. Like Olive Garden. <laughs> Where you hear your family. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, 
I love to talk about chosen family. Like, what kind of people do you surround yourself with? Like, what what's your team looking like, and also how do you choose those that to surround yourself with in order to give you success, and also I presume um, provide mutual success. Look, I'm always POC all the way, but yeah. I love white people, so I'll hire them too. Um, I I have a I have a I have a nice little crew, you know. I have a, I have a list, you know. I, no hate, uh, all love, you know. AAPI, BLM, you know. But it's it's a good it's a good it's a good list. People love to ask me like to come on jobs or whatever, or yeah. like it, the other way around, and yeah. I mean, YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> to, to quote, to quote Drake Aubrey. <laughs> I really didn't expect me to say that. <laughs> this is well. What I love about this conversation is because I knew this one was I, I could talk to a person who was well one the uh, a very diverse in your creative output mm -hmm. so we could talk about a ton of things right and i don't know how you plan your podcast but i like to plan it in such a way where some episodes i will not know the person's category that right. they occupy i won't know the type of person that they are just meet literally on the mic in that moment so i have to do a ton of research right um but i also like to put in a few episodes that it's with a fellow podcaster where you can just kind of talk and just really jump around because I think that's a very I don't know how you plan your podcast, but for me there I get different experiences depending on the conversation with the podcast with everything. Wow, I just use my podcast voice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In a world. Um, so with everything that you do, you know, you're not going to get it perfect. Yeah, first like you know, six months of in doing whatever it is, it's all new. So the podcast just kept a lot of trial and error. You know, that's why I never tell people to listen to the first 10 episodes, even though they're great. But like, come on, I was nervous. I remember going to the bar and like doing like research, like journalist like style. But mm -hmm. now since we don't do it in a studio anymore and we do it behind a computer, mm -hmm. it's just, I just do an hour of research before, but like, before the guest comes on and in the hour of research, I write the script in medium mm -hmm. and I go from there. But the first, all right, I'm just going to drop my secrets. Like the first 10 minutes is shooting the shit. Yes. Just like talking. Yes. So they feel comfortable. Yes. And then I go in and, um, then guide the convo. Yeah. Intro. And then like a lot of my guests say like, you're really easy to talk to. This is therapeutic. I'm yes. a licensed therapist, but you know, you know, my Venmo is Rashad Dash Rostam, <laughs> but like, yeah. So, you know, cash app. So like you can, you can, it's just very free form, which is cool. And there's, it, it connects at the end. It does connect at the end. What do you got coming up this year? What's what's coming up for you? What's getting Rashad Rostam excited? I'm going to Seoul. Korea? Mm -hmm. Oh, word. When? I just came. I was in Seoul last fall. In two weeks. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm going to Seoul. What are you going to do? I'm going to get a tattoo from Apro Lee. That's dope. Yeah, I've always wanted to go to Korea. It's You're going to see BTS on the front lines? So I've done a lot of... I've done a lot of BTS on BTS. <laughs> I've done 
I've been like secretly watching TikTok videos of like you know K-pop. I'm yeah. doing the mukbang thing, so obviously yeah, yeah. that's gonna happen. Gonna go to a black pink concert. Exactly. I'm gonna dress I'm pink at blank pink, <laughs> all pink. Got it all. And no, that, how long gonna be there for? For real though. No. This is for real. For real? No. Oh. So I am going to Seoul, but while I'm in Seoul, I'm also going to Tokyo, too. Oh, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm Love going that. to Tokyo. My, one of my clients is also doing something with Atmos, so I'm, mm. I'm going to go check out their event. And then, you know, like, they're also, they're also friends, too, so I'm going to plug them. Um Albino and Preto, they're the uh, like jujitsu, like they're like martial arts brand. They're oh, awesome. Okay. And MMA specific or more just like combat? I think it's like sports. BJJ. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's like they're doing a thing. I hope we keep working together. But like, I'm gonna go check it, like check out their their thing in in Tokyo. But this will be my second time in Tokyo, which is gonna be really cool because the first time I went was with my friend and bandmate Nick Sean, and we shot a Dasar lookbook there mm. many, many moons ago. And then I'm gonna go back to Korea and then hang out with Kim and like, I don't know what else we're gonna do and then fly back. How long is this trip gonna be? Two weeks, I can't go anywhere Two more. weeks is so tight. Two weeks is so tight, Damn. but look, I've been to Mumbai and two yeah. weeks felt like six months. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. To to go country hopping. That's a that's a lot too. I'm still young. <laughs> well, when I went to Seoul, uh well it was a lot of fun. The the things that struck me were it was my first time in South Korea. The things that struck me were one the the covid restrictions were still very right. intense. It felt like still the six, first 6 months of the pandemic, mm -hmm. you know, cuz you know, masks everywhere, masks all the time, all that stuff. Um but it was it felt like such a modern beautiful city but like you know when you go to vegas and you see screens everywhere or even times square and you see screens everywhere but love you just it. know that i love it i love it the overstimulus like give it to me but then you see the people on the street and it's like oh you're all tourists like y'all aren't really here right this is all just meant to attract you right? right but when i but in seoul it feels like big screens everywhere but everyone's just going to work like if wall street had big screens everywhere you know it I, it was such an interesting dynamic to me. Felt futuristic. The first time I went to Tokyo, I ran into my parents at Shibuya Crossing. Hmm. Because they they surprised me by like they were going to Tokyo. You ran into your parents I in Tokyo. In, yeah. Because they were going. They told me that they were That's going, so weird. Yeah, they were going to Malaysia, but they wanted to like check out Japan. And, and you're like, hey, uh, those two Asian people there look like my parents. <laughs> are you, Ma? <laughs> Dad? <laughs> yeah, so, and that was an interesting trip, too, because I'll put this on the record. Yeah. When I, we lived in Philly at the time, and we were, like, so broke, and but we wanted to travel. Mm -hmm. Like, I was coming from this, like, venue called Pylam. That's where, like, a lot of musicians came up from, like, Soul Glow, the Japanese Breakfast. They played there, and I was, Soul like... Soul Glow. yeah. Great band from Philly, and like yeah. I was riding home, and is that a coming to America reference? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I was like riding my bike, and I found like a bunch of like hundred dollar bills on the ground, 
Okay. Like it was raining and it was like all stuck. I think it was like some type of like bust or something. Okay. But I used that money to go to Japan. Whoa. Okay. Whoa. I thought it was fake. Hold on. Yeah. So you found a bunch of hundred dollar bills. Yeah. And then you used the money to go to Japan. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. a come up. Yeah. It was all spread out like in the rain. Like it was like in West Philly and it was like all on the ground and yeah. We used it. That it money. fell out of a bag with. A, a, no bag. Yeah, yeah. felt like a, a potato sack with right. a dollar sign on it. Exactly. <laughs> that someone had just dropped yeah. post-bust. What? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. How yeah. much money was that, out of curiosity? I, I think it was like like five or six hundred bucks. Damn. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I've never found that much money just like sitting around. I remember one time I was in L.A. and I pulled up to my friend's house to say hi in a rented car. Right. Um, and it was dry. It wasn't raining. But then I just looked out um, in this little cul-de-sac. Then there was just like this crisp $100 bill just like kind of sitting down. Oh, that's nice. But my tire was like, ooh, I'm just yoinkies. Yeah. Like this claimed by nobody, right? Yeah. So just out here. Then I still think about that. It's like 12 years ago now in my head. I can't imagine finding like just hundreds of it and just like using it to go to Japan. I would have done some, something way different probably. I grew up looking down all the time when I walk, and my parents always told me like to like look up, obviously, so you don't get hit by a car. But I still <laughs> like look down, and I still find money on the ground. Hmm. It's yeah, it's not like. I mean, it's not that common for me, but right. like I'm about I to say, like what other instances? I was like, I should probably like do the lottery or something. You probably should. Yeah. Yeah, I should get get some scratch offs or yeah. something. Yeah, totally. Totally. No, the worst thing I ever done was invest in crypto, I think. <laughs> What's your crypto journey been like? I I took a bit of a bath, but I'm still I, I pulled out. I'm like, bullish it, I'm bullish on a couple things. I pulled out because dude, right now the crypto space is wild. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. Like, yo, you don't know like every company right now is it's a like, rug pull. Like yeah, post FTX, everything. everything's and a rug like, pull. Like, dude. The word scam is like in everything. Yeah, it's like okay, yeah, I'm out. Like I don't want to do this. I lost. Are you, in, I lost. Are you into NFTs as well? Hell no. Again, I'm not a dork. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I'm into NTS. NTS. What's NTS? NTS is a radio station. Oh okay. Or WKDU. Okay. But NFTs. Yes, not you can so much. SMDs. <laughs> crypto, crypto, blockchain, NFTs. It's it's in a transition period. I think it's so many people came in like looking to to get one over and looking for the scam, and even now with um, bored mutant ape or w whatever that offshoot was, like where that ended up being a rug pull. <laughs> it's all. It's all a lot. I still, I still very much believe in the future of blockchain and also what the possibilities are for Web three. But yeah, we're all a bit cautious right now. Yeah, no, Web three is great. Like just learning about it and being like and listening, but really like just <sighs> you look okay. Like this whole corny situation, right now, everyone's just like, "What's corny?" Right, and like what's cool and what's not it's really what's like corny so like i just think that like you know the crypto space like nfts it's just like so it's so dumb you know it's like so like corny or whatever but not oh. everyone is just like or just like anything like in general right like who's 
to say what's corny and what's not. Like people oh. just do. Whatever. Oh, I see. Oh, like yeah, oh, yeah. It is corny. Exactly. Yeah. Like the, the Web three space. When I hear people talk about it, I'm just like, okay, cool. Like that's great. I'll listen to you for like a for like a second. But then I'm gonna go get matcha or something like that. Or, or you're like, you gotta buy me a matcha after you just like talk to me about Web three. I think that the there's a community for sure, and then the community advocates. It can be a bit like, um, uh, uh, what is a what's that workout style where everyone does kip ups and then it's like a religion? Oh, what is it? That does K-pop? No, like what well, you know, like when you go to the well, I'm gonna. God, it's it's like being a vegan or something. Like people that are in it just have to talk to you about it. Or when you're there's a the workout style where you're doing like a bunch of pull-ups and then people like hurt themselves all the time. What is it? Hold on, I'm gonna look it up. Might have to CrossFit. Being into Web three and NFTs is like being into CrossFit. People, really? People want to tell you about it all the time. Right. I guess, but like CrossFit died. Uh, CrossFit very much alive no it's like alive but like no one's like talking about it oh crossfit no people are not talking about it you know and so like no unless one's you're talk- unless you're in the community right yeah i agree but like come on can you do crossfit for the rest of your life you're gonna stop i yeah people like peloton oh Pel- that hit a roof that hit a roof yeah yeah i i used the peloton at my sister's house uh over the christmas break first time and I was like, I don't know if I can sit on this bike. <laughs> no. This is uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, the seat's, like, pointing up. You're, like, getting ready to get railed. It's, like, so not the vibe. <laughs> not the vibe. So, safe to say, you're very much a physical media person. You're, like, into the, the physicality of everything. Mm-hmm. I'm into physical media. I am a physical person. Like, <laughs> as in, like, I like to work out. Not anything else. Um, I just like to, Yeah. I used to be a runner. Yep. I want to get back into running. Um, I want to get back into going to the gym. I'm very into like Eastern medicine. I'm yeah. into like all that Erwan shit. So like, I don't know. I, I'm like a health nut inside, but on the outside, I moisturize. You know, like I'm. I like. I like. I like really care about the body. Yeah. Type thing. You have to moisturize a lot yeah. of this season. Every every season has kind of like a continuous theme. Mm-hmm. This one has been about. Uh, facial care, <laughs> facial care, moisturization. Good because you know what, I want to say that like, yo, dudes, like, wash your face with like a face wash, not like soap, like a bar of soap, um, and then when you get out, like, moisturize. It's just two easy things, but like, then after that, you can do toner and like get into the other space. But I'm trying to break the mold, like, because the last time I did a podcast episode here. It was with one of my mentors, Tessa Travis, and we were talking about skincare the whole time. Mm. But it never came out because of technical difficulties. But um, when I tried uh, to tell y'all someone, y'all got too much lotion on the mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like it was a slip and slide. We were all falling <laughs> off. And then yeah, so I told some dude, and some dude was like, "Ugh," and I was like, "Bro, you are ugly. Like, shut <laughs> up. Like, here's a <laughs> yeah." Here's an exfoliant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my god. Yo, King Spa. Let's like let's do massages, more massages. Yeah. You know, mani pedis. Let's go. I really think that um, the men um, and you know, not to genderize anything, but 
I think men specifically should really start to take more care of themselves, their bodies, right. their mental health. I think that is absolutely a concern, um, especially now in 2023 and beyond. It's like you got to. Right. I think it's I think it's cool to talk about it. It's a, also just from a from an industry perspective, it's kind of wide open. No one really does. Yeah, dude. At the end of the day, no one cares about like what you do. That's I mean, true. If, if you're not like hurting <laughs> anyone true. else, yeah, yeah. Like, just like. Yeah, Yo, you like to paint your nails? Dope. Cool. That's, like, fine. You know? Like, you have a unibrow? Okay, maybe, Dope. like, I'm going to look at you. But, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, just like... Like, yo, uh, I'll, Anthony Davis is cool with me, you know? Right, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, and then, like, I also stopped drinking. I don't drink anymore. Okay. You know, That's I still cool. like going to dinner parties. I mean, I've always loved dinner parties. Um, love to cook. I don't... Yeah, I'm just trying to be, like in this like health space now for myself but who knows that's what's up i could break tomorrow <laughs> tomorrow yeah yeah or after this podcast actually it could yeah there's a table full of jaeger bombs <laughs> immediately adjacent to us that she gives cancer <laughs> so you're gonna go to korea you're gonna go to japan yeah then back to korea mm -hmm. do it up yep then you're gonna come back fully re-energized yeah, and then take the year by storm, I guess. Yeah, what about you? Um, what am I going to do this year? Well, going through some major transitions this year. Nothing I can really talk about on the pod just yet. But at NetNet, I'm really looking forward to doing a solo show. Mm -hmm. I haven't done a solo show in years. Mm -hmm. So I'm starting to ideate against what that could mm -hmm. look like. And also... I'm looking into 2023 as revisiting self-authorship. Mm -hmm. I think what I've done over the past, I don't know, like six, seven, eight years, I, I, I'm stoked on the body of work that I put together. I do want to start rethinking what that personal creative pivot point evolution could be it's been somewhat incremental over the course of years. i've learned so much stuff right. i want to start applying it onto another type of thesis project a part of me is always trying to we talked about it on your pod like trying to revisit my my graduate school experience mm -hmm. in order to output a brand new body of work and have that be like a statement in my life you went to grad school yeah i did it it's a whole nother world <clears throat> it is a whole nother world i like i don't see the same things you see Cause I didn't, I had this conversation about like people that go to grad school. It's like, it's like when Neo like comes back to life. Mm -hmm. I don't want to sound all red pill now. Like, oh, in the new Matrix. Yeah, or or like no, even in the third. But I'm oh. just like now I sound like a dork. But like, <laughs> but like it's just like they see the world completely different after grad school. Yes. Or, and like all all these new connections and stuff like that. I, that's something I'll never know. Well, that's not true. Who knows? Who knows? But, Who knows? I mean, like... I don't know if it's for everybody, though. Totally. But, like, come on. An undergrad? Anyone can get an undergrad. That's great. That's cool. But, like, grad school, it's, like, a whole nother level. I mean, PhD, obviously, a whole nother level. PhD like, is a whole nother level. It's, like, the same thing. I do... I talk about how, like, you know, I live alone, and I, I love it. But, like, those that were... That used to have roommates, mm -hmm. and then they meet like their partner, and yeah. then they go from like roommate 
to like living with their partner i'm like yo you'll never know what it's like to just be li yeah, live within live by yourself exactly yeah that's interesting because at grad school it was a two-year program mm -hmm. at sva it was for illustration specifically cool. and it was about uh narrative mm -hmm. right um and self self-authorship narrative and also discovering your style but you at the end of every semester you would have some sort of like thesis aspect every semester. Right. Then you have a large thesis at the very end. That was a culmination of it. But it was two years of thinking about myself, but living my own head. Mm -hmm. And I quit my job at the time. I was like, I'm just going to commit to this. I'm going to uh, commit to being in debt. Um, but, you know, committing to essentially living in my own stink for two whole years. Right. You know, and then you come out of it kind of changed. And then you miss one thing you you miss like that that world you live in with your classmates because you're all in it but you also feel kind of competitive and right. also it gives you like a bar to to contextualize yourself within mm -hmm. uh so that's i i've always liked recreating that either s simulating a community that gives me that or finding a space where i can learn and learn and pick up new skills but do it in a work environment um and i i don't think i'd ever go back to an academic environment in that way. Although in 2023, I am going to teach. I have committed to teaching at SVA um, in the fall. That's amazing. Yeah. And that class is going to be a lot of fun. So any student that's listening to this, you're all getting the inside scoop. Uh, but you're going there or online? Uh, no, it's going to be physical. Oh, cool. Yeah. And shout out to Gail Anderson, former uh, former guest of this pod and also my homegirl. She's the one who reached out and was like, hey, do you want to teach a class? in the um in the design program and i was like yeah that'd, that'd be amazing and i I've, I've always talked about it and i had dalliances with mm. teaching i've taught also at kane university previously cool so this will be a full revisit <clears throat> that's awesome yeah if i was ever given the opportunity to teach i would always start or end my class with tip your bartenders tip your baristas <laughs> oh my god if there was a tip jar in a class mm -hmm. That'd be kind of funny. Like, what would the tips be? Because I would, like, no money, but tips. I mean, don't tip me. You're already paying for the class. Yeah. Like, you are going broke. <laughs> but, like, when you're outside, yeah. Tip your bartenders and tip your baristas. It will be interesting to... Oh, I see what you're saying. I, I was thinking it'd be interesting to have, like, a tip-style jar, but with class feedback where it allowed it to be kind of anonymous of the day. You could just like put it in there, like, like this is a little safe space, a little safe jar. Yeah, it's like you didn't, we didn't like that critique or something. We should talk about something. It was a little tip jar. That sounds like only if you like curse or something like that, and you have to like, <laughs> or if you pull out your phone, you have to like put money in the jar. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'll have to teach that kind of class, but <laughs> that's cool. Are you teaching um, design? Yeah, it'll be a survey style class I haven't sorted out the curriculum just mm -hmm. yet uh, but it is going to be about design will be a focus um creative output that also can live within a multimedia spe space will be um a, a lot of what the projects are right and uh it's going to be a small class i think it's for juniors that's awesome yeah what do you think i would teach mm. i think you would teach Ooh, what would you teach? I think you'd teach a class on, I think a survey style class to be quite honest. When I was at Kane University, I taught a design driven class that where every week I had a new guest or a new 
project I would focus the day on because it was just like a six hour class right. type of thing it was where it just occupied an entire Friday. I could see you doing something like that because then it, it satisfied my personal curiosity and also my need to do something different every single time, which I sense in you. So I, I think that the type of class that you could do would be very design and creative driven um, class that did that had a a solid generalist point of view, which I believe is actually very helpful for the real world, because that's a lot of classes don't even give you that. No. Yeah. I or, mean, I learned everything in the real world. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, a, or I, I could see you actually teaching a, a business class as well, because a lot of people don't know how to do their taxes. A lot of people don't know how to bill. A lot of people that are just graduating don't know how to write an email or they don't know how to respond to emails. They don't know how to live within, uh, how to create a personal cadence and a rhythm for their own life that sustains not just work and life. Cause like that balance isn't like, you know, nine to five and then five to nine. It's, it's an interweaving of a lot of different things. I think you could help teach that for sure. That's cool. Yeah. Rashad Rostam, thanks for coming on. This has been amazing, dude. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. What? Well, so where can our listeners find you? And uh, anything you want to plug, anything coming up for you, let's go for it. And also, shout out to this being your maybe your first podcast, if I'm remembering correctly, that you've been on. That is true. Popping the cherry today. Yeah, I feel it. Um, Wear Many Hats is a podcast. Desar is a creative studio smog cutter is a band you can find the podcast on all platforms and at wearmanyhats.com you can find the studio at desar.com and my music is on all platforms that's the first time i'm ever saying that cool smog cutter on spotify and apple music and in my personal stuff you can find me at rashad rostam on all platforms rashadrostam.com for more info and all my work. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Rashad, thank you. Thank you so much. All right, that was such a fun episode with Rashad. Thanks for coming through and make sure y'all check out the Wear Many Hats podcast and also that episode that I was on, episode 136, that'll be linked in the description to this episode. So thanks to Rashad. Also shout out to you, the listener. You can find the First Generation Burden podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcast content. Please rate us and drop a review. It helps the algorithm. Go to firstgenburden.com for all the episodes. On Instagram, we're at firstgenburden, one word. And you can find me, your host, at rich underscore tu on most social media platforms. Thanks to Timothy Simonson for production. Shout out to Gym Class Heroes. Thanks to the Desjin team for their support. Thank you to Eugenia Mello, who illustrated our cover art this season. Thanks to you, the listener. We drop the final episode of season eight next Monday. And then we're going to come back uh, for season nine later this year. So check out for that. New episode next week, though. Be safe, everyone. Bye.